Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 6, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, Schwan Humes and I, uh, last Thursday we uh, did one. We're going to do another one this Thursday where we go through the uh, current doings in women's MMA. So uh, don't forget to check that out. Okay, uh, we're going to start uh, with um, Sunday's TakeOver show. Io Shirai defending the her NXT Women's Championship uh, against Candice LeRae at the NXT TakeOver show on Sunday. Uh, and uh, that video is up on my blog. Okay, these two had a great match last year, and the big difference is that Candice is now a heel taking shortcuts with the help of her husband, Johnny Gargano. EO wrestles the same whether she is a heel or a babyface. You know, they've never actually turned her babyface. It just kind of happened. And, um, you know, she does the, She wasn't really doing anything differently as a heel anyway. Okay, so the main thing about EO is she is very precise in her movement. It's, it's a great match, and you should definitely check it out. Not surprisingly, Gargano interferes at the end. I think a lot of people thought that uh, uh, Candice would win the match uh, with Gargano's interference. So what happens is the ref gets knocked out and Candice lays out Io. Uh, Gargano comes out wearing a ref shirt. You know, kind of like what Bailey did at Extreme Rules. And we all know what happened there, right? So Io kicks out of a fast count. I mean, that was pretty funny. Uh, Gargano grabs the championship belt and gives it to Candice while the ref throws Gargano out. Uh, Candice hits Io with the belt, so Io kicks out again. So it's the whole story. Can't finish it, right? So then after a Spanish fly, Io hits her moonsault for the win. And afterward, and after so she, uh, so afterwards, Tony Storm appears on the Videotron, and then Ember Moon returns from injury. So uh, it looks like Io will have a full dance card if, in fact, she stays in NXT. That, I'm going to comment on that in a minute. Uh, of course, Io knows Tony uh, very well and has wrestled her many times. Uh, I did a quick search, and Io has never crossed paths with Ember, though Ember is very close friends with Asuka, so Io can ask her about her. Anyways. I'll talk about the draft in a second, but there was a match last night on last night's Raw, and I decided not to post the video, okay, because I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, before I do that, again, check out that Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae video. It's definitely worth looking at. Uh, so last night, you know, they're kind of, the WWE is kind of killing time until the draft begins this Friday on SmackDown. So they had a match last night where it was Asuka and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And on the other side, you've got Zelina Vega, uh, Nat Natalia, and Lana. And I decided not to post the video for it because, for one thing, it's not very good. <laughs> for another thing, it's very short. And for another thing, Asuka is only in the match for like about 30 seconds. It's just, it's not very, it, it's, to me, like I said, it's a time killer. Uh, really, they don't have anybody to face Asuka at the moment. And so I'm kind of hoping they come up with a, a solution through the draft. 
Um, I should also, one thing I should mention, you know, Asuka in this team that she had with Mandy and, and Dana, she called them uh, blonde muscle, what a, blonde muscle girls. That's what she called them uh, when she was on uh, uh, Raw Talk last night. So, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a name for them, I guess. So Asuka tried to have fun with it. I mean, she was only in the match for like about 30 seconds. It was ridiculous. She didn't even get the pin. Mandy got it. Okay, Mandy got the pin. So they really want to push Mandy, obviously. So the problem is that they don't have much for Asuka to do that right now. So uh, with the draft coming up on, on Friday, um, they really need to bring... I mean... NXT's women's division is so stacked right now, they really, really need to bring at least a couple of wrestlers up because they don't, they don't have anybody, I mean, really for Asuka to face right now. Um, I mean, for me, the number one choice, she's not really involved in anything down there right now, is Rhea Ripley. And, and Rhea is somebody that Asuka has expressed interest in facing for quite a while now. So, um, you know, uh, she would certainly be a, a, good, uh, a good move up to, to Raw. I, I'm not sure what else they're going to do with that sort of thing, but uh, they really need to find somebody to put in a program with Asuka. Uh, I, like I said, Rhea would be my number one choice, but it's kind of funny how they brought out uh, Tony. Like, I'd love to see Tony on the main roster. She'd be great, you know, and, and she would also have great matches with Asuka and, and other people as well. Um, and even EO, I thought EO might lose the title and then they bring her up to the main roster, but I guess they're not planning to do that with her or maybe a swerve who the hell knows, you know, and there's other ones down there as well, but those are the, the, the main ones that, that I would look at, um, you know, at, at this point, um, like I said, we'll see what happens on Friday and also on Monday. Okay, let's move on to the UFC. So we had three women's matches on last Saturday's show. Uh, all the videos are up on my blog. Uh, the first one was the main event. It was Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. And uh, it's possible that the winner of this fight is headed for a bantamweight title shot. So Irene knocked out... Ketlin Vieira with one punch in her last fight. And look, there's always an overreaction to something like that, okay? Uh, I don't do that, okay? For me, Irene needed to show me that it wasn't a fluke. Because I think it was a fluke, to be honest with you. I mean, she hasn't finished a fight in years, okay? So Holly is mainly a counterpuncher. She has had mixed success. Uh, since she was bantamweight champion. So that title reign of hers is why this match was in the main event, right? So the problem with this fight was Irene kept circling in one direction. She said uh, on Instagram a couple of days ago that there was something wrong with her left foot and she could only go in one direction, all right? So when that didn't work, she didn't make any adjustments, and as a result, Holly won fairly easily. It wasn't even close. I scored at 50-45 for Holly. Um, so I don't know if it was a case of where she had an injury, or uh, I don't think her coaching is all that great either. It didn't seem to me when we went to their corner that she was given any, 
any kind of direction. So where does she train? She trains at Lobo Gym in Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, Alexa Grasso uh, is her teammate, along with uh, an Invicta fighter, Marina Rodriguez. So Lobo is owned by Alexa's father, and the coach is Alexa's brother, Francisco Grasso. So, I mean, I feel these girls need better coaching, but I don't, to become elite fighters, but because it's family, I don't think they'll ever get it, okay? And now, uh, as far as the uh, title picture, we'll get to that a little bit more in a second, but um, uh, Holly says that she's up to uh, fight a contender match before she gets a title shot. Uh, her manager, Lenny Fresquez, usually handles that stuff. Okay, so second fight is Jermaine Durandami versus Juliana Pena. So this is a similar type of thing where, you know, it could be somebody, whoever wins this, could be headed for the, um, the title picture. Uh, Jermaine is a kickboxer from the Netherlands. Her rep is she is a great kickboxer, but not so good at other things. And her fights tend to be boring. And that's why she wasn't in the main event. Okay, Juliana uh, now lives in Chicago with her husband and daughter, but for a fight camp, she goes home to Sik Jitsu in Spokane. Uh, she's a BJJ black belt. Her striking is not so good. Uh, Juliana, to win this fight, really needed to get it on the ground, as she's not going to win a striking contest with Jermaine. Okay, Juliana has difficulty uh, closing the distance in round one. I scored round 110-9 for Jermaine. It was very close. Um, Juliana does better in round two as she gets a takedown and controls Jermaine. Uh, so I scored the round 10-9 for Juliana. In round three, Juliana knows she has to get another takedown. So they're, so they're clinching on the fence. If Juliana doesn't get a takedown, ref Jason Herzog will break them up. So Juliana goes for a takedown, stumbles, and that gives Jermaine the opportunity to hook a guillotine and put Juliana to sleep. And, and I thought at first that Juliana actually made a mistake or, or made a stupid mistake, but that really wasn't the case. She really needed to get a takedown. I mean, I don't know if she wins that fight unless she gets a takedown. All right. And it was just desperation, really. You know, and uh, eh, it's kind of surprising. Mean, you know, listen, you know, this is probably the biggest win of Jermaine's career and her first submission win. So after watching the finish a second time, I still think Jermaine was more lucky than good. I doubt that she knew what she was doing, and it's doubtful she could do it again. You remember a few years ago when uh, Juliana lost to uh, Valentina Shevchenko by submission? Well, Valentina hasn't had a submission win since then, okay? So it was a fluke. All right. Uh, so is this. So it's just one of those things. And I also, I think Juliana forced the takedown when it probably wasn't happening, but I don't think she had much of a choice in the matter. She had to try. Um, so we, so what we have is we have Jermaine, we have Holly Holm, but we also have Ketlin Vieira in the picture. So, um, it's not going to be immediate because, uh, Amanda Nunez is going to be defending the featherweight championship against, uh, Megan Anderson uh, in December. So they've got a lot of time to sort that out. So anyway, so, so to sort that out. Now the third fight was Loma Lukbunmi versus Jinyu Fry from last night from the UFC show in Abu Dhabi. 
The, the fight is at strawweight. Loma is from Thailand. She's a veteran Thai fighter, but very inexperienced in MMA. She trains at Tiger Muay Thai uh, with George Hickman. Uh, she she fought at Atomweight in Invicta. Uh, Jin is a former Invicta Atomweight champion. She tends to work at a distance and go in and out, but and that may work in Invicta, but I don't think that will work in the UFC. So they said at the broad, on the broadcast that Jin has been training at Fortis MMA in Houston, and Saif Saeed, uh, Saud is maybe trying to fix some of her bad habits. The story of this fight is once Loma got Jin in the clinch, she went to work with knees and elbows, and Jin didn't really have an answer for that, for any of that. So I scored the fight 30-27 for Loma, but it doesn't make me think that Loma can have success against ranked fighters. I guess we're going to find out. Okay, so all three of those match videos are up on my blog. Now, we have a show this Saturday. We have one women's fight on the show. It is at Bantamweight. It was supposed to be Tracy Cortez versus Bia Malecki, but Malecki pulled out, and her replacement is Stephanie Egger. Okay, so uh, Tracy Cortez is uh, 26 years old, from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. She trains at uh, Fight Ready in Scottsdale. Uh, the head coach there is Paris Stanford. And um, I can tell you that former UFC fighter Frankie Sands is a coach there. Okay, her record is 7-1. and one. Now, we saw her in Invicta. Um, we also, she was also, uh, and I think she was a, a, a flyweight at the time, we saw her in Invicta. She was on uh, uh, Dana White's Contender Series last year. This is her second fight in the UFC. And with this fight, she had the, with her first fight, she had this problem. And she also has it with this fight where she, the original opponent pulled out. And um, uh, what we have is a late replacement. And, um, you know, uh, Steph, uh, Tracy appears to be a good fighter. But, you know, it's kind of difficult to tell when you're not facing the appropriate competition. Now, like I don't her her biggest win so far was against uh, Aaron Blanchfield in Invicta, but like I said, this is the second fight in a row where she's had to deal with a late replacement. So Stephanie Egger is 32 years old from St. Gallen, Switzerland. Okay? Uh, her gym, she trains at Buddy Gym. Okay? Switzerland yeah, I know. Well, you know, there is one Swiss fighter in the UFC, and that is Vulcan Ozdemir. Okay, but uh, have I ever heard of her? Oh, I've heard of her. She was in Invicta a few years ago. She uh, uh, was in, had a match in Invicta in 2016, and she lost. Okay, but since then, she's mostly been in... She actually had a fight in Ryzen, where she beat Rena, King Rena. Okay, that was last year. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember anything about her, quite honestly. And I don't see her beat Tracy. Tracy is, is, looks to have the potential to be a, an elite fighter. But it's too early to say whether she is or not. And I don't think this fight's going to tell us that either. Okay? So uh, that's the only women's fight on this Saturday's show. Anyways, that's about it for today. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog for those videos, frankp316.blogspot.com. And also don't forget to check out my 
uh, other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, Sean Humes and myself will be back again this Thursday with another one. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or my podcasts, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can uh, do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.